Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to season two of the Pop Anime Comics Lounge, where I have with me Rad Cosplay, whose name says it all. So, thank you for being on the podcast. No problem. Happy to do it. So, it's great to have cosplayers on. So, now a lot of my listeners want to know how you were first introduced into cosplay. So for me, I went about it a little differently. My favorite video game series is Borderlands. And so 2K actually had a competition two years ago for a cosplay. And my roommate had been trying to get me into cosplay for a couple months. And I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. And then 2K announced this competition for Borderlands, the pre-sequel. And I really loved one of the characters, Athena. So I figured, go big or go home. We'll start with a competition. So that was the first cosplay I ever did. And so how'd you go about finding this competition and what were some of the rules for this competition? So my roommate had been cosplaying for a little while and had done some Borderlands cosplays. And so he was the one that found the competition and turned me on to it. The rules were pretty straightforward. 2K put out these cosplay guides and we had about three weeks to get everything together. So it was definitely a time crunch. And now being that it was your first character, what drew you to Athena and how'd you go about creating the cosplay? as a whole she was just a badass and so i loved her for that she's a hired assassin that has this great glowing light up shield that i love and i honestly thought that it was just going to be really challenging because she had all these huge armor pieces and just a lot of really intricate detail on her shield and her sword and i wanted something that was really going to challenge me so the base clothes we bought clothes from a thrift store and modified them and then all the armor pieces were made out of a combination of even PVA foam, Sintra, which is like a PVC closed foam board, and the sword was made out of wood, and we had some acrylic on there for the shield. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And now armor building is a challenge that many cosplayers face. How was it for you being that this was your first time building a cosplay and oh man there were so many mistakes so we made and remade the armor about three times before we finally got it where we wanted it to so a lot of trial and error but honestly i love armor building so much more than anything else i hate sewing i'll avoid sewing at all costs if i can so i do mostly armor builds and now your character athena has had a few photo shoots and a few mm-hmm. modified photo shoots. How do you go about getting booked for a photo shoot and doing all that type of work? It's just doing a little bit of legwork, mostly on Facebook. There's a lot of really great groups out there for photographers looking for cosplayers and vice versa. I had no idea how big cosplay was when I first started, but I went to Dragon Con in Atlanta. That was my first con, and Athena was just extremely well-received. So got in touch with a lot of photographers there, which led to more shoots down the line in studios and stuff not just on location at the con and now as a cosplayer being that this is your first cosplay and it was received so well how did that make you feel pretty confident i had been avoiding getting into cosplay for a long time because i had seen a little bit of the saltier side of the community before i ever got started in it so i was nervous i was worried that i was going to be harshly judged and all of that but it was good knowing that the majority of the people weren't like that those are just the loudest people on the internet but once i actually started talking with others 
other cosplayers, especially other Borderlands cosplayers. Everyone was so welcoming and so nice, and so that made me feel a lot more accepted and confident and willing to try new things and all of that. And now you're relatively new to cosplay, so I kind of want to dive into the creative side of what you do. What really is an influence for you when you go cosplaying? It's getting to be someone I'm not. I'm normally a very quiet, shy person, but then I get to put on this other character and this other face, and I get to be anyone that I want and be as loud as I want and as badass as I want. So it's a lot of that, just really getting to walk in someone else's shoes for a little while. You've done a few characters, some from Borderlands and some other video games. What draws you to the characters you cosplay as? It's a combination of things. Some of it is, like I said before, if I can avoid sewing, I will. So the actual character design does play a role in that. Also, like I said, I'm really drawn to characters that I think are the total opposite of me. So really headstrong, badass, outspoken women tend to be my go-to. And now how do you go about starting a cosplay that you want to make? Do you sketch it? Do you use references? What is the initial process? A lot of research and a lot of reference photos. Just hours and hours of either seeing if I can find reference photos online, seeing how other people might have made their cosplay. If I can't find any reference photos online, I'll actually pull up the game or whatever it is and take some of my own. So it's just a lot of really getting as much information as you possibly can about the costume and about the character. And now once you have your reference and you know what you want to cosplay as, how do you go about finding wigs, materials, special props, special buttons, anything that goes into the cosplay? It's more research. Wigs are really my strong point. As creative as I can get with a wig, I will. I love using Arta wigs. They're my favorite because they just have so many different options and it can be dyed and all this fun stuff. I have a 3D printer. I 3D print a lot of my props. So if it's something that I can find a file for already on Thingiverse, like I'm working on Mercy's gun right now and I've got pieces and parts of it here that are 3D printed. If I can find a file, awesome. I'll print that. If I can't, then I'll have my lovely fiance draw it out for me since he has some experience with 3D. 3ds max so that's been a huge help for a lot of more intricate props that i might not be able to sculpt or create out of foam or any of my other usual materials and now cosplay can be expensive how do you go about balancing the economic cost of materials and your time and everything involved with creating a cosplay i try and look at how much of a return am i gonna get on this character is it a really well-known character or is it very obscure it probably doesn't make much sense to spend 500 dollars making a character that no one's ever heard of. And the longer you plan things out, the easier it is to save money because you'll be able to wait for deals or be able to build something from scratch that you might have to buy whole if you were to wait until the last minute. So it's just a lot of really planning things out. And the other big point to that is something that I've been trying to remind myself of a lot lately is that it doesn't have to be 100% perfect. I don't enter competitions. It's usually my own OCD that wants everything to be exactly canon to how it's supposed to be but if I remind myself it doesn't have to be exactly perfect I can fudge a few small details that no one's going to notice I can do things for a lot more cheaply. And what do you find to be the biggest challenge in cosplay currently for you? Having too many characters I want to cosplay and not enough time. My list for the next year is 30 or 40 cosplays long and I have no idea how I'm going to be able to fit even half of them in. And how many cosplays do you aim to do each year? It varies. I plan them around what cons I'm going to 
And if I have friends at the con that want me to do a cosplay group with them, I'll try and get that done. So I don't really have a set number that I aim for. I just aim for as many as possible. I like to always be working on something. I don't like having a lot of downtime. And now cosplay is everything from basic and goes all the way up to risque cosplays. How do you determine what is appropriate for the cons you go to and what is appropriate for yourself? Knowing what I'm comfortable with, knowing how far I'm comfortable with going, and also communicating with the cons, they'll be able to tell you right off the bat if they think something is too risque. If they're more of a family-friendly con or if they're like Dragon Con, which after 8 p.m. at Dragon Con, just about anything goes. So it's really hard to offend the masses at Dragon Con. So I have reached out to cons a couple of times and said, this is what I want to do. Is that going to be okay? And they're usually pretty accepting about it. And now to talk about some of your cosplays, in particular Borderlands. So we're going to talk about another one you did, Nisha the Lawbringer. So Nisha actually wasn't built by me. I did buy that one off of a friend of mine, Steph von Schweetz. She is awesome, phenomenal work. I had always loved Nisha and was actually just starting to build her when Steph put hers up for sale. And I didn't want it to go to some stranger because it's just so beautiful and perfect and her painting is excellent. So I went ahead and bought that one off of her. And so how do you get into the character of Nisha? Well, I play as her a lot. She's actually my favorite character to play as from the pre-sequel. So getting a lot of her quotes down and getting to know the character through listening to the dialogue that she has in the game gives me a great idea on how to personify her a little bit. And now since you bought this cosplay, what were some of the challenges of buying it and making sure that it fit appropriately? And did you have to do any alterations to it? I didn't have to do any alterations to the pieces that she sent. She didn't finish a handful of the accessories so I had to create those. I think the hardest part there was trying to make my painting style match hers as closely as possible. So that was definitely a challenge that I hadn't really anticipated before I bought it. And then another Borderlands cosplay that you've done is Maya. I always wanted to be a siren. That's who I play as in Borderlands 2. I absolutely love her, especially when you go down her healer skill tree. And she's just this badass that has all these snarky comments in the game that's just awesome. And the version version of Maya that I did was actually one of the alt skins. It's for my favorite gun manufacturer, Molly Wan. Huge Molly Wan fan. That's all I'll use in Borderlands. Love the elemental damage. So when my fiance and I were talking about doing a Borderlands cosplay together, we settled on Axton and Maya because those were the two that we normally play as. And then we started thinking like, well, what about an alt skin? You don't really see too many of those. And of course, we both love Molly Wan, so we had to do that. And what is it like cosplaying with your fiance? It's awesome. I get to have my best friend with me wherever I go. And the photos that we take together is just so badass. We'll get them back and be like, wow, I can't believe that's us. And we also do a lot of really cool things, not just with the whole Borderlands sphere, but we do a lot of cosplays together. We'll go and visit kids in hospitals as Captain America and Black Widow. And we actually run a charity raising money for kids with cancer as Captain America and Black Widow. So we get a lot of opportunity to do fun stuff like that. It's just more time spent together. And so I love it. And speaking about that, obviously, Black Widow and Captain America have a wonderful relationship. What made you choose these two as a couple to go with? When I met him, he was already doing Captain America. And even though I'm not a huge Black Widow fan, I like her, but I don't love her the way I love some of my other characters. I wanted something that I could wear with him to go to hospitals and to do the charity. And so he was already doing Captain America. And so Black Widow just 
made the most sense. It was before Scarlet Witch had gotten as cool as she's gotten recently, and I didn't want to do Sharon Carter. I just didn't feel right about that because I love Peggy too much. So Black Widow just made the most sense there. And now to talk about the charity, how did you go about starting the idea for it and getting into hospitals? So the charity itself was something that my fiance Sterling had started before I met him and moved out to Colorado from Atlanta. While I was in Atlanta, I had befriended this girl that used to come into my work. Her name was Dahlia. She was six years old and she had cancer. And I got to know her, got to know her family. And so helping kids with cancer was something that I was already really passionate about. And then when I met Sterling and he told me about his charity, I knew I just had to help out. So for him, it grew organically. He had friends that had been wanting him to cosplay for a while, but he had a super busy schedule and just wasn't sure he was going to be able to make time for it. But then he read the story about this man named Lenny who used to go visit hospitals as Batman. And he had the Lamborghini. It was all tricked out and he would go all up and down the East Coast. And so he heard that story and he thought, well, if Batman can do this, Captain America can do this. So he started that. And the charity was really just in its infancy. Didn't have the 501c3 yet or any of that when I met him and I moved out here. So I was able to help get all that stuff up and running. So now we're all official. And so how many visits do you do a year? As many as we possibly can. We have a really busy con schedule, personal life schedule, and we travel to Comic Cons all over the nation to try and raise money. So pretty much if we have a free weekend, we're not already doing an event for Children's Hospital or Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children, we try and schedule a hospital visit. And now to shift away from Marvel into DC, you've done a Harley Quinn cosplay. Why the bombshell version versus all the other Harley Quinns that are out there currently? Two reasons. I picked that one first. There are a couple of other Harleys that I'm working on. But the reason I did that one first was because it was easy. I wanted one more cosplay before Denver Comic Con last year. And I knew that one was one that I could throw together in just a couple of weeks. And also I have friends who know the sculptor T.K. Miller. And so when I said I was thinking about doing one of the DC bombshells, I wasn't sure who. They were like, oh, you should do Harley. You should do Harley. TK would love to see Harley. So I did that partially for him, but now it's one of my favorites to wear. How do you feel about that? Everybody's jumping on the Harley Quinn boat at the moment with the cosplay and everything else that's going on with her. I don't have anything against it. I see a lot of salt in the community about how it's always Harley Quinns and Deadpools. Those are the two that everyone says they see too much of. But to me, it seems silly to pick on one character because everyone's going to do it a little bit differently and everyone has their own reasons for wanting to cosplay the character and why talk trash about these people that you don't even know and it seems funny to me that Harley Quinn is always one that's so picked on. We saw countless Wonder Womans at Dragon Con this year and yet nobody said anything about that. We see countless Captain Americas all the time. There's plenty of other characters that just don't get picked on as much so I don't know why it's always Harley that people seem to have a problem with. And to stay with the comic theme and to go into my favorite publisher you were Aphrodite. How did you get involved in this cosplay? It was actually a friend of mine that just, I was looking for other ideas similar to Harley Quinn where I could just throw it together really quickly and easily and that was a name that came up a few times from a couple of my other friends and so I started doing the research, read the old comics and I just loved her. I wasn't planning on bringing it to Dragon Con. I didn't think I'd be able to get it finished but then I posted about that on my Instagram and I had four different photographers like, oh man, I really wanted to shoot it at 
Dragon Con. So I was like, oh, okay, fine. So throw it together. Less than a week. It was insane. And now she's one of my favorites to wear. And obviously, there was a lot of photographers who were interested in this cosplay. How did that make you feel that you did it so quickly? There's still a part of me that sees myself as this nerd from middle school who was getting bullied. So when they say stuff like that, part of me is always going to think, well, they're just being nice. They don't actually mean it. But it feels good. And there's so much else that I still want to do to that cosplay to make it even better. So it feels good knowing that it's already been well received, that it can only get better from here. What more do you want to add to it? More detail on the knee pads. So the week before Dragon Con was basically the week from hell. I ordered five packages from Amazon Prime and the Postal Service managed to lose four of them, including these leg warmers and some knee pads and some other pieces to make her really intricate bionic legs. So I wasn't able to get that as detailed as I wanted it to be. That's what I'm working on next is to make that what I saw in my head when I started. I know you've cosplayed a lot of characters. Do you ever want to go back and improve upon them? I do. It depends on how much I really loved that character. I'm definitely always doing improvements on Black Widow because that's the one that we take into hospitals and I want the kids to have the best of the best. Same thing with Nisha. Steph's work was just so intricate and so good and I don't want it to go to waste so I'm always improving and updating that one so that I never get tired of wearing it at all these different cons. And now another cosplay you've done is you were a Pokemon trainer, which I'm assuming was due to Pokemon Go. Yes. It was based on artwork by this really talented artist named Alyssa Vice China. She put out her Pokemon Go trainer girls for the three different teams and immediately fell in love with the Mystic because I'm Team Mystic. And that was another one that I threw together and it was four days. And that one was kind of a challenge because for me, it was two things. The artwork just came out. Can I be the first one to get this done? And how cheaply can I do this cosplay? I used a lot of wigs and fabric and stuff that I already had on hand. And I think for new material, I only spent about 30 bucks. And how do you feel that the way Pokemon Go is going and this cosplay is going and everything dealing with all of Pokemon Go and the cosplay that came out of Pokemon Go? It's been awesome. There's been a few other cosplayers. One of my friends, Fayborn Cosplay, is another one. She did the Valor Girl. That was really awesome. Seeing this artwork come to life and seeing something that's so near and dear to my soul be so prevalent in the mainstream today. So I started playing Pokemon back in the days of red, blue, yellow, and the just to see it explode and everyone's talking about their favorite Pokemon. Even people that have never played, now they're like, well, maybe I should pick up the game. It's been really, really cool. And now we spoke briefly about how you've done a lot of professional photo shoots, both in studio at cons. What happens to the photos after you're done with the photographer? Usually the arrangement is that I'll get access to the photos so that I can post them on social media. I do have one arrangement with a photographer where I'm selling prints of Nisha right now. So that's awesome because it fuels my cosplay habit a little bit. But for the most part, it's all just good social media and it's just fun. I like getting the photo back and being able to say, wow, that's really me. I made that. I did that. And now as a cosplayer, do you intend to do more prints going forward? That's definitely the goal is to start selling more prints and stuff like that. Eventually, most of the profits from those prints prints are actually just going to go straight to my charity so it's not really going to be me taking the revenue from it at all. It's something that I had never really considered before and I had 
people following my page who started to ask. I'd really like a print of this cosplay. So I never really considered it until a few months ago and just starting out with that. And now at the beginning of this podcast, you said you have so many cosplays you want to do. Do you want to let everybody in on what you're planning to do in the next year or two? I will tell you the next couple that I'm working on. I am working on Mercy from Overwatch, one of her skins, not her default coloring, but one of her alt skins, because as I said before, I love alt skins. I'm doing a character called a Hellion from this really great game called Darkest Dungeon. It's on Steam. It's a very difficult, very intricate game, but the art style is just phenomenal. So I'm going to be working on that one and I'm also for Christmas this year I'll be doing the Christmas version of the bombshell Harley Quinn and now you've been cosplaying for a few years you got a lot of cosplays that you've done already and you just mentioned a few that you're planning to do what advice do you have for people who want to get into cosplay just have fun join the community talk to other cosplayers we love talking about what we're doing and sharing ideas as different ways to create this thing or that thing and just really be passionate about the characters or the mediums that you want to cosplay from and I think your passion and your love will really show through more than anything else. And then finally, do you have anything you'd like to promote? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter? So for the charity, our website is cap4kids.org, all spelled out, C-A-P-F-O-R-K-I-D-S.org. Check us out there. It links to our social media. It's really, really wonderful cause. We're actually about to adopt our first official family, so we'll have more information about that soon. As for myself, I'm Rad Cosplay on Facebook. You can also find me on Instagram at rad.cosplay and Twitter as rad underscore cosplay. As always, thank you for listening to this episode. And you can always subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio. And while you wait for the next episode, you can definitely check out popanimecomics.com for articles relating to anime, comics, and pop culture. As well as you can follow us on Twitter at popanimecomics and on our Facebook page, Pop Anime Comics, for all updates regarding this podcast and the website. Until the next episode, everybody have a wonderful week.